Good morning, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. I'm glad you've made the connection and are with us today. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and the goal of our show is to explore a wide range of topics that challenge us to see ourselves, our community, and the world around us in ways that get us thinking, get us imagining, get us working on something, get us connected, perhaps inspired or challenged to do just a little bit more because we made the connection. Well, we are talking about a wonderful topic today, and I, the show I want to make sure that everyone knows is co-produced with Art to Change the World, a wonderful nonprofit, and the director of that nonprofit is Barbara Bridges, and she's my co-host today. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Oh, it's wonderful. You've got a great project that I'm really excited to talk about, the Arts District Palette. Tell me about that. Um, it's called the Arts District Palette, where neighbors and artists mix. And that name was um, uh, developed by Leo McDill, who is the chair of the board of Art to Change the World. So um, this project was created to create community. And I really feel pretty good about it. Um, do you want me to just give you a quick overview yes, of what yes, it is? Yes, please do. Okay. Um, I um, kept thinking as I was watching the developments grow up here in, in northeast Minneapolis and people were concerned about them and what did all this mean for our neighborhood that, uh, you know, I believe so fervently that communication is the answer to all things. And I thought, well, we should be communicating with these folks. These these are our new neighbors. Mm -hmm. They want to be in northeast Minneapolis because of the arts district. So and let's that, let the And that yeah, happens a lot. That happens a lot when you've got, you know, wonderful artists, they come and they they build mm -hmm. a, a community. It draws people. It's like you it know does. It, and, it does. and people are then attracted to that community. But then things can change right. too. So well, well, I thought if they want to be part of us, let's meet them. Yeah. So um, I got this idea that um, to approach a developer and um, that perhaps they would buy works of art from the NEMA artists and the Art to Change the World artists who are all here in northeast Minneapolis. And that's what happened. We met with Rob Miller and um, Kevin Wright introduced us. He's our city councilman to Rob. And we had a meeting, and he said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. So we are currently, um, there are welcome bags. So there are 224 works. When he gets a new person that's going to move into his uh, Huxley apartments, they come in, they get to choose two works of art, and then they'll have this welcome swag bag, which we have been talking to all of the service providers and the vendors in the neighborhood, um, and they're putting coupons in. For instance, Dur Durango Bakery put one free churro in there. Uh, I love that it, it feels like an artist's welcome mat. You know, it's it, and you, yeah. you know, you're here. Very tricky, Lori. <laughs> Very tricky. <laughs> that that allows people to to really feel like they've been welcomed by their artist neighbor, uh, and I yes. have to believe that there's an appreciate the reason they may have come because of art. But if they didn't come because of the art, it's good for them to have an introduction that hey, you've got artist neighbors. Great point. Yeah, but that's what we hope. That's what we hope for. And and it builds that. I sometimes think that artists don't know what to do when there's an influx of um, developers coming in. Uh, it must create some fear because I've seen in other communities where artists get displaced. So it, mm -hmm. this is a way for them to feel like I, I have to assume that 
that they're making an active partnership, that they are trying to make a connection so that all feel included, all feel welcome? It is, it's a very difficult situation. I mean, I'm from the Maine, the East Coast uh, originally, and so a lot of my friends have watched gentrification of their neighborhoods in New York and Boston. Yeah. And, you know, you can have some effect over that happening, but generally not a lot. And so it seemed much more sensible. I don't know, maybe I'm just a pragmatist <laughs> to start a conversation and, right. and be in conversation. You're much more likely to have the opportunity to shape how this um, transpires. So that's what we're hoping anyway. And, and I have to believe that being part of the process, there reduces some of those fears because you're right. That, yeah, fear is the biggest thing that, that I think can get in the way of feeling like you're connected and in community. But mm-hmm. if you're invited and you feel like, well, you belong here, you know, you're an artist and you help create this. So how do we enrich that sense of belonging so others can can feel that that same relationship without you needing to be afraid that you're going to get displaced or this is not going to be a place for you any longer? Yes. Yeah. I. That's what we're hoping. I mean, so far, it's just been joyful um, meeting neighbors and vendors that I've gone in many times but have never really struck up a conversation. So now I have a reason to strike up a conversation. So it's been it's been wonderful, and we're excited to meet our new neighbors. We're going to have a big pop-up event for that to happen at mm-hmm. um, Sociable Cider Works on August 8th. So everybody should put that on the calendar. The, tw- <laughs> the 20 artists that were accepted, 36 applied, by the way, to be in the project. The uh-huh. 20 artists will be there. We're going to have an installation inside, and Allison Price is in charge of that um, That um, for two months inside Social Society Works, and she's going to be talking to us later about that. But there'll be 20 artists. There'll be music. There'll be food. There'll be door prizes. And um, we had, we're, we're joyful to... Um, host all our vendors who have put coupons in the bags, the new neighbors that are in the Huxley building, and the artists. I mean, this is where we hope that networking and that family idea of us being here together will develop. Well, I think there's also layers going on. You know, we've all been pinned up for how long, you know, and Mm. that sense of isolation. I have to believe that creating this idea and planning it and imagining, you know, a community celebration, you know, where we can come. I mean, well, there will be social distancing. I'm, I'm quite sure. I know mm-hmm. that you all are good about yes. that. But, yes. but there, there's a deeper celebration, I think, going on as well. That, that it's not only this is community, but how are we reimagining, you know, the world we're moving into now? And, and I think this is part of that reimagination of how do we strive to create belonging for all. Right, exactly. And and I would encourage anyone listening to take this as an opportunity. Um, this happened, you know, and out of crisis comes opportunity. So we're not going to do anything about the, the, the fact that the pandemic happened. But mm-hmm. we can now, so many of our previous ways of doing things are erased. And so this is the opportunity for great change because people are not protecting their turf. They're not protecting, you know, what they've been doing for the past 20 years because it's not happening anymore. So it's, it's much easier to, to move forward with innovative and fresh ideas in a situation like this. So even though this has been terrible for all of us, there's been a dozen working so hard on this project. And several of them have said, and I include myself in this, this got me through the winter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it yeah. did. Yeah. Well, and it also speaks to how this group was created, Art to Change the World. 
I mean, that that was your vision from the get-go, that art can be a way of um, road mapping perhaps the future um, because it takes that idea. It takes that imagination. It takes that expression. You know, art to create community. Why not? You know, right. Why, right. why can't art be a influencing uh, factor and driver uh, to create meaning? And, and create a, a new way of looking at things. And, and we've all had this pause <laughs> to reflect, um, mm-hmm. you know, will there be actions that can change out of this? This is one I want to keep track of on how, how those partnerships develop, how that community develops. What happens if we don't drive artists out, but we make them the welcomers of the community? Um, well, and, pro- and provide financial support, you yeah. know. 224 works of art is not a small thing. Mm -hmm. And um, now all of that original art will be in these young potential collectors' hands. So, And they're going to understand that when you bring a piece of art into your um, home or space, the spirit of the artist comes with you. Uh It's very different than uh, buying something online, you know. And until you've experienced that yourself, you're not going to get it. It's so interesting that you say that. I I remember the first piece of art. My my family loves art, and we went to you know art fairs out in San Francisco. And as a kid, went out to Sausalito for a great art fair. And I'll never forget the first art piece that my parents bought for me. And oh. and I've loved it over the years, and I you know cherish it. Uh, but to think now that I've really carried that artist with me, you know, for fifty years. That, yeah, that artist yeah. has been a part of our life and is part of my life and I still cherish it. Um, and I think it, it when you do especially work with children and give them pieces of art, um, there's something that, that they recognize I think that's different than um, an off-the-shelf, right? In a, yeah. It may be pretty right. but it does it have heart? You know, Does it have an expression? Is it unique? And right. and what makes it unique? And why are you drawn to it? And why do you treasure it? And, and then it becomes something you know. Ideally, you give to your family as something that you pass down, uh, so that that artist lives for generations, theoretically. <laughs> well, forever, yeah. yeah. Well, I love what you're doing, Barb, and um, the people that you're bringing together. And you've got some guests that. Uh, We'll highlight. Um, tell me about our guest that we're going to be bringing in in the next segment. So we'll just tease the audience with that. That's Kevin, correct? Uh huh. Yes. So Kevin Wright is our beloved uh, representative here in our uh, Northeast Arts District, and um, we had I had this idea to do this, and I kind of tried to contact you know different developers, and it's hard to get to them. So I reached out to Kevin's office, and I said, "I've got this idea. What do you think?" And he said, I think that's a great idea. Um, let me uh, sniff around and see if I can find a developer that's interested. So this happened because of Kevin Wright. Terrific. Terrific. Well, we'll yeah. hear, hear directly from Kevin in the next segment. We do want to do um, a thank you to some of the sponsors for um, – and this will be for the pop-up, right, uh, that the sponsors um, are supporting the, the your program? Or is well, this, well, are these sponsors well, for uh, the bags that the swag bags come in? So one of the ACW's uh, philosophies and missions is to make sure that artists are paid for their work and volunteers in this organization are paid for their work. Um, you know, if you don't pay artists, there aren't going to be any artists. And 
the reason that volunteer organizations fail is because it's just, you know, give, 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 give. Mm -hmm. So we provide stipends for everything um, that people do. Is it, is it work? That's, I mean, is it amount that's appropriate for the hours spent? Probably not if I'm any case, but um, at least they are provided stipends. So what the, the, all the people on the bag, uh, became $500 members, and they got the logo on this beautiful black canvas swag bag. Um, and that went towards paying all the people working on the project and helping raise the money for the artists because we didn't have enough to give them $50 per object when we started, and that was our goal. And so those people that did that um, helped us meet that goal. And they also get invited to my chowder feed this summer for $500 donuts. So and anyone go. anyone who does donate to Art to Change the World for $500 gets that clam bake, as I understand, right? That, it's a chowder. Yeah. Chowder, I, chowder, I, chowder. Yes. I'm, I'm, from Maine, I'm from Maine, and I, I fly um, the seafood in from Maine to make this uh, fabulous chowder, which was my mom's chowder and was her mom's chowder. All right. Well, it, the community lives on. I just want to do a shout out to Northeaster, Nima, and Huxley as the, the main sponsors of this. And yes. stay with us because we're going to hear about um, how did this – what was the next step after the vision? The vision was to bring community and bring people together. We'll hear from Kevin Reich on, on, on his role that he played. So stay with us. We'll be right back after a few short commercials. Good morning. I'm Lori Fitz, your host, and welcome to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. And I'm glad you've joined the conversation. So we're talking about the arts district palette, where artists and neighborhoods, where artists and neighbors mix. And our co-producer for the show is the Art to Change the World (ACW). My co-host is Barbara Bridges, who is the director of ACW. Welcome, Barbara. Thank you. So we have a guest that you have invited. Kevin Reich, who is the council member for the Northeast for your district. Yes. Welcome, Kevin. Oh, thank you. Um, good morning, everyone. Good morning. So glad that you joined us. I understand that you grew up in the Northeast area. I did. Um, yeah, it's a fantastic place to to have done so. And um, and as people ask me, you know, as someone who's been here for quite some time, you know, you must be overwhelmed with all the changes. And certainly, at a certain level, there have been great changes here in this community, but I've also had a great sense of deep uh, continuation of the spirit of Northeast. Mm. Tell me about this partnership that's being developed. Well, this partnership um, is, well, it was incredible when I heard the idea. Um, It goes right to the heart of how community is built, uh, regardless of which entry point. And here, the entry point with the artists themselves in an arts district with, with this incoming new folks, new neighbors were coming in. But from one perspective, it wasn't really the new neighbors we were seeing. We were just seeing big buildings mm-hmm. and the threat of gentrification that they represented. And here we had an idea where let's break that down and make it human and let's see how we can come together and come together through the gift of art. It's, to me, I just, I just thought it was fantastic. What did you think when, when Barb brought this idea to you initially? It was sort of an out-of-the-box thinking, isn't it? Well, that's what you expect when you're around creative people. Uh, something that you hadn't thought of um, specifically uh, makes so much sense when you hear it and then apply it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the fundamental insight is uh, deeply human, the connection between um, exchange. 
Um, however, um, the, the unique spin on it and application of it was quite novel. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you hear it for the first time, you go, well, of course, it's aha, right? Yeah. Well, you acted pretty much as the connector that got it to the next level. You know, there's an idea, but then there's the, the person that's got to hustle. <laughs> it sounds like you were kind of the hustler that went, you know, why don't we bring the people together? So you, you needed to bring government. You needed to bring um, developers. Tell me that process. Yeah, I think that is in many ways the role of the the public sector. It's sometimes it's sort of reduced down to just sort of the grant or the program. Um, but in my in my uh, sense of the matter is that the elements are there. What are the connection points? Who can open the various doors? Uh, who knows the intersections that uh, are there? But people haven't found that that place. And mm-hmm. so uh, I was very happy to play that role. And it's in some sense um, that is the ultimate role is. Being the connection point, I know it's antiquated, but sort of the switchboard uh-huh. between the different elements and how they can come together in an opportunistic way. Well, over the years, you know, I've been really excited seeing the revitalization of the Northeast that's really been driven by the artists um, and using industrial buildings that, you know, repurposed in new ways. Um, Tell me, from your perspective, you said earlier, you know, that there's some fear, but you haven't seen that fear. You've you've kind of looked to the future to begin with the end in mind. Tell me what that future looks like. Well, I think it's it, the future is we we continue to grow. Uh, we're not uh, in a position to just sort of give up and say, well, it's happened every other place in in the, in the nation. It'll probably just happen here. Uh, is to be proactive and to look for opportunities to grow and, and, and deepen these connections. I mean, it's one thing to have an, you know, a series of artists come into a community and find their place, but that doesn't guarantee that they're going to actually commingle with community. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some time, the artists were in the early phases kind of doing their own thing, and community was doing its thing, and neighbors were doing their thing, and businesses were doing their thing. At this point, to grow and deepen isn't just to get more spaces, but to make those connection points active and, and um, mutually beneficial. So the businesses the school, the neighborhood associations, and the artists now, more than they were, say, 20 years ago, are really working together in overt, intentional ways. And to me, that that speaks to the strength of the future. There's a legitimization, it feels like, of the artist's role and not just tangential. It, they become more of a central role by the way that this is being developed and created. Absolutely. Um, you know, just that the creative spirit itself is, is where you can get the problem-solving you need to um, take on the challenges of community. There will always be some element of challenge, uh, some internally driven, some external, you know, an economic crisis, etc. But where does that resiliency come from? It comes from the creativity of people. And who generates creativity uh, par excellence? The artist. Yeah. Well, Varv, in the last segment, I remember you mentioning that you really believe communication is the heart to everything. You know, that's the answer to everything is you got to find a way to communicate. I know that there was lots of communication around the art world and that you all have some good community practice about how do you come together with business and artists. You want to share a little bit about that, Kevin? Yes. Um, you know, even uh, a really good dynamic event like Art World, you know, nationally recognized, you know, tens of thousands of people participating, but they're going to be sort of, okay, wait a minute, uh, restaurants and bars and, and brew pubs are doing their thing, we're doing our thing. They seem to be, you know, really doing well with their events. Maybe our sales are flat. What's going on here? Are they hijacking our our good thing? And so straightforward conversations need to be had to say, hey, wait a minute. 
we're all in this together. Let's work together and do it intentionally. And, and we had conversations about street closings and where art gets placed and, and how events are branded. And uh, we, we worked through those issues. There was some tension, but now I think there's greater synergy and mutual benefit. Well, and I think also you start to get um, a muscle memory of how problems can be solved through communication, how they can be talked through and new perspectives gained, and opportunity for growth. I keep hearing you say growth, and I think that's sort of the heart of this. How can everyone grow? How can everyone feel like they belong? How can everyone um, have the pie be bigger instead of the you know looking at scarcity where there's you know just so much of the pie? Why not grow the pie? Absolutely, and and to see you know the deep connections, um, you know. For me, I don't think of Northeast just as an arts district. Um, I think it, it, it certainly is that, and it's one of the biggest in the country. But it's also a place that has a t- tradition of makers. Um, it's the uh, predominantly industrial part of the city. It still has um, active remnant of, of that sort of industrial past. But it also has businesses where a new generation of makers have come forth. Um, obviously, the brewers and distillers. Uh, are, are well known, but it, it, there's all other kinds of companies that come in, and these people make stuff, be it furniture, widgets, um, good brew. I mean, they're, they're using their hands, they're making things, uh, as the artists are. And then also, you can go into a restaurant, and the owner, he might be an artist himself, his staff might be part-time there, and musicians uh, at another time of the day. And so there's this continuity of, of makers and activity that people can feel a part of, and because we have such a concentration of it here and a mutual respect that's generated amongst the makers, that's the spirit of Northeast, a place where things are made, including community. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today and, and sharing your perspective. And as I said, I want to track how this keeps going. So it, it is a, an exciting idea and, and one that um, holds a lot of promise. So thank you for all that you've done to support that. Um, my pleasure. And, and thanks for this interview. And Barbara, so, before we go, I want to make sure that you um, give us the uh, the website for folks to go to. Um, yes, I want to thank Kevin, first of all, um, sure. for, for helping make this possible. And when you said the phrase touchstone for people, Kevin, when we were meeting initially, I loved that so much that I made it the um, URL for the project. And it's still there if, you, if you'll notice. So, <laughs> I mean, and that's really exemplifies what we're trying to do here. So org. pretty easy to find us. And um, do they just, when they get there, is there a, a place to um, jump to, to to look at the artist palette work? Right there on the landing page, they can see it clearly. It's one of our three big projects we're working on. So Arts District Palette. When they go, go, yeah, it's right there. Just hit the hot link and you'll get all the up-to-the-minute details. Terrific. And in our next segment, we're going to be hosting Allison Price, who is an artist uh, and a gallery owner in the um, Northeast area, and find out about her participation with this program and the art that she does in the Northeast area. So stay with us. It's going to be a great show and a great next segment. We'll be looking forward to having you join us. Good morning. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show. I'm Lori Fitz, your, your host for this show, and my co-host is Barbara Bridges. She's the director of Art to Change the World, which is also our co-producer today. And we're talking about the Arts District Palette where artists and neighbors mix. And I have to tell you, Barb, I love that image of a palette that has 
lovely colors, but they're all kind of messy in some ways. It's like the creation part, you know, isn't always, you know, neat and defined. There's, you know, colors that mix and create and come together. Um, and, and that's what you're trying to do. For audience members that may have just joined us, can you just give us a brief overview of what the vision of the Arts District palette where artists and neighbors mix? Yes, we are uh, partnered with the Huxley Apartments. Um, Rob Miller bought 224 works of art from NEMA and Art to Change the World artists. We're creating welcome bags that are going to be stuffed with objects and coupons from the vendors, from the restaurants, from the service providers in Northeast. And we're having a big pop-up celebration and uh, say art Fair, basically, on August 8th over at Sociable Cider Works. And I just want to give a shout out while I have the opportunity. You mentioned how you loved the, the title. Yes. And I, I told you previously that Leo McDill came up with that. So I want to make sure that I give a shout out to the project leaders because these people have worked so hard. And Leo has been in charge of the artists. So that was the call to the art, looking at the art, you know, getting a judging group together. Judy Ostrowski and Lucy Schrapner have been and working on the canvassing and getting all the coupons. Susan Gainham, Catherine Palmer, Natalie McGuire, and Lynette Black have been working on um, the pop-up show. And then, of course, Allison Price, who we're going to hear from shortly, um, has agreed to take point, as we call it, in uh, installing the exhibition. We're just thrilled because she is a professional and she's going to teach us all about it. And I can't wait to hear what she's going to say shortly. And we will. But I also want to take this opportunity to do a quick shout out for some of the sponsors that help make it possible for the artist to be paid. And these are all folks that are going to be on the swag bag that the art uh, comes in, as I understand. Mm -hmm. And we've got Sociable Cider Works, Northeast Minneapolis Arts District, Eastside Food Co-op, Holland Neighborhood Association, Michael Venowitz. Um, It was in memory of Diane Loeffler and the 56 Brewing. So big thank you to folks that are investing in art and investing in community and investing in the future. So we so appreciate uh, this new innovative idea. Let's bring everyone together. Let's create a sense of belonging and let's do it through art. And as Barb mentioned, we have a guest today who's from the Northeast area. She is an artist and she has an artist gallery. Welcome, Allison Price. Thank you, Laurie. It's exciting to be here. It is. And I, I understand that you recently joined um, and are taking point in creating um, some gallery exhibition. Exactly. Um, Barbara approached me not that long ago and asked if um, I'd be interested in joining their group. And it sounded like a fantastic opportunity. I've been a longtime artist in the Northeast Minneapolis Arts District. Um, I've been a longtime NEMA member and have participated in all the fun functions that happen in Northeast. So I thought, hey, this sounds like another great opportunity to bring the community and the arts together. So I'm so happy to join their organization. And this is going to be a two-month exhibit, as I understand it, starting in August? Correct. It'll be starting August 8th at noon o'clock with the kickoff um, party That'll be outside as well. And then there'll be the two-month exhibit inside. You've lived there most of your life, did you say? I have lived in the Twin Cities for part of my life. Yes, I'm a a transplant um, Mm -hmm. from overseas in the East Coast. But I do feel 
um, most comfortable in Northeast Minneapolis. It's a great place to create art and to engage the community. Um, and I'm, I'm excited for opportunities like this because the 96 square blocks of art that we have in Northeast Minneapolis is a bit of a hidden jewel. Um, I encourage people to check out NEMA, check out the NEMA website, the Northeast Minneapolis Art District website, and Art for Change the World websites, and look and see the caliber and the quality and the quantity of art that's available pretty much in our backyards. You know, sometimes when people tell me that they feel a sense of belonging at a place, it's because something strikes a deep chord and they sense mm-hmm. that connection. Tell me about why this is special to you personally versus being in the East or in the, um, uh, internationally, that, that something strikes that chord. What is it that makes you feel the sense that you belong and that, um, that there, this is a community that you're a part of? Well, I am one of the very fortunate artists that has a space in the Northrop King building, which is a 114-year-old seed, former seed warehouse. And it is full of over 350 artists. And that space and the community that's grown within that space is remarkable. Um, people are willing to help you out. And this is high caliber artists who say, hey, I can, you know, help you out and give you a critique on your piece or, hey, I've got a hand truck that you might need to borrow to haul that giant sculpture in. I mean, <laughs> it, it runs the whole, whole gamut. Um, and I, I absolutely love that. And you also have a studio. Is that part of the Northrop uh, King area that, or do you have a separate place for your studio? The Northrop King building is um, the Midwest's largest arts complex Mm -hmm. and Kathy Krishnan and I um, have an art gallery with 13 local artists right at the front door of the Northrop King building so it's a great place to spend a Saturday afternoon if it's rainy or otherwise Um, we're open noon to five today actually and what have you felt in being part of – and I know you've just jumped into this. But what's your hope uh, for this growth in the community? You know, In our last segment, we were talking with Kevin Reek who you know, has a real vision. Of, of, he hopes that all can keep growing and communicating and, and creating this sense of um, a maker uh, capital <laughs> of, of, of celebration of, of being a maker and being in community. What would you like to see in the future? What's your hope and dream for your community as it grows? I I completely agree with Kevin. I think that there the pie, as you said also, Lori, the pie is going to continue to grow, and it's going to be a richer, deeper, fuller, more delicious pie because of <laughs> all of the people that are contributing to it. There isn't um, the scarcity mentality, we don't need to go there. There is enough pie for everybody. And the more people that are introduced to the arts district, the more that it will become a destination, the more um, people from around the world and um, regionally and across the country that will come to visit our arts district to experience the great food, the great um libations, the great art, of course, and um, perhaps even want to move in because there are some really, really cool developments that are going up right in the heart of the arts district. And what do you see the role in the future for the artist? 
artists, have, as Barbara has said, have always been the communicators. Um, uh, we communicate um, problems in our society. Um, we communicate the beauty of our society. We communicate the, it's such a complex um, uh, discussion. Um, and the artists are a great way for people to walk into a gallery, walk into a studio, and have a piece or a place or a person that just immediately resonates with them. And they can open their heart, their discussion, and just talk about the art. But also, by doing so, they're talking about their own journey and their own paths. And as an artist, that is what I love to hear, is how work, my work and my um, co-artist work, just resonates with people and just makes us have a like a more, more full-bodied conversation and a more full-bodied life. It it feels to me when I hear you say this that it, it that in our journey in life, the artist can be supportive as a navigator. You know that mm-hmm. a- allows us to question in through images and through concepts that are maybe don't even have words, you know, but that but that have a sensibility that that allow us to, you know, explore possibilities. And just the fact that the exploring possibilities is being led by artists who welcome instead of shy away from um the development that you can create partnership and you can create possibility is really a novel and exciting artistic idea. Yes. And thank you, Barb and her group for spearheading this um, project. It's, it's really exciting. Well, I want to thank you, Allison. And again, um, if you want to give your website and uh, your studio is open today, if you want to give us that address, uh, we could do a shout out to um, our AM 950 listeners to support your art as well. Thank you, Lori. Our website is TraceLateChaseArtGallery.com and also the North um, Northrop King Building.com. And you're open, you said, today from 12 to 5? Correct. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Allison. And Barb, do you have any parting words for Allison as she, um, as she leaves our show? Allison, I'm just so thrilled that you've um, joined up with us and um, that I don't even have to think twice about that part of this project because I know it's un- I know you've got it. Uh, so thanks, Barb. And, and, and thank you so much for joining us, Allison. And Barb, before uh, we go to break, again, if you wouldn't mind giving the website for folks who may have joined us and um, want to learn more, tell us how they can uh, find out more about the artist palette. Uh, just go to arttochangetheworld.org and click on Artist Palette. Terrific. And stay with us in our next segment. We're going to have a, one of the sponsors of this great program be joining us. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a few short minutes. Welcome back to Connections Radio Show, where we talk about ideas that matter. And we have had a wonderful conversation today about the Arts District Palette, where artists and neighbors mix. This is co-produced by the Art to Change the World, ACW. And I've had Barbara Bridges as my co-host, and she is the director of ACW. Barbara, what a great show. I've really enjoyed it. I, and I love seeing the people that are working on the project um, uh, express um, their viewpoints. It's exciting to me. I mean, we've been so isolated, and this is an opportunity for us to 
have the conversation um, with everybody. Well, I'm glad that we're able to make the connections on Connections Radio Show. That always, there you go. <laughs> that always makes me happy. <laughs> now, I also want to make sure that we do some thank yous. And um, we have not only – I had mentioned a sponsor, but he's also a ceramicist um, and a musician who is joining us in this uh, last segment. Uh, Marco will be joining us in just a minute, but I just want to make sure I do my my last set of thank yous. And I want to thank Solar Arts, KFAIFM. Thanks, guys. Uh, Central Avenue Liquor and Mojo's Coffee. And speaking of Mojo's Coffee, do you want to introduce our guest? Yes, um, Marco is definitely an institution in the neighborhood here in Northeast. He runs Mojo's Coffee, which is an art gallery, amazing coffee shop, and wonderful uh, sandwiches. And we have the big treat of having his studio right in the corner so we can see him create his most amazing um, uh, clay pieces. He's just so talented. Welcome, Marco. Good morning. We're glad you're here today. Can you hear me okay? We sure can. It's the marvel of uh, modern communication. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in Wichita, Kansas, as we speak. So, well, terrific. <laughs> well, you're making the connection to the Twin Cities via the the Wichita Lane. How's that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've been listening along as as uh, as the program has unfolded. It's been enjoyable. Well, Marco, share with us your your hopes. Uh, we've been talking about, you know, how community can be built, and how you're seeing how the artists who are making gifts essentially for the new community members when they they move in. Um, h- how do you see this being able to continue to create community between the developers, the new neighbors, and the artists, and and even strengthening the community that you have? Well, it it goes to kind of the the core of my personal philosophy about art and the importance, the necessity of art, the function of art, and the art of function, as we have on our logo at Mojo Coffee Gallery. Um, I'm I'm a former educator. I taught for for 20 years. Um, I did a midlife career change, wherein I had been a, an illustrator, graphic designer, and editorial cartoonist, but I uh, wanted to go back and finish my my uh, BFA and MFA, and in, in so doing, that's how I discovered clay. And uh, and so I had a 20 year uh, career as a, a college art educator. Wow! And um, one of the things that that became central to my, uh, for lack of a better word, I suppose, mission uh-huh. um, is that. I wanted to, I was actually the only, you know, professor I knew that was uh, uh, always looking forward to being able to teach intro to art classes. Most most faculty try to avoid those. Uh, <laughs> it can and, be a challenge, I will admit. You know, some of those yeah, well, entry classes can be hard to cover the waterfront. Well, the, you know, I looked at it as an opportunity mm-hmm. um, in that most of those students were going to be non-majors. And I, I had kind of two basic goals, and and these translate going forward into my you know personal philosophy of of art, my personal philosophy of living with art and making art and promoting art and all that. But I um, 
I had two goals, the first of which was to convince my non-major students that art is important. You know, it's relevant. It's essential. It's not something to be dismissed when times are tough and economic decisions are being made. Um, and second, um, I wanted to teach them a quick, uh, useful, easy formula, as it were, to look at art and to engage in thoughtful art criticism and critical thinking so mm-hmm. that so that they wouldn't say, oh, I like that or that sucks or that's, oh, that's interesting, which to me as an artist is always the kiss of death. You know? <laughs> uh, the my, distancing <laughs> of interest. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, that's interesting knowing that, I mean, they, they don't know what to think about right, it. Right, right. You know, and, and it's, uh, a, and, it's sort yeah, of a, a Minnesota phrase of like uh, well, yeah, yeah. A, an exit is soon to yeah. come after that. Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, that's not too bad, you uh-huh. know, whatever that means. Right. So, um, But, you know, but, I hear what you're saying in terms of if you can bring people together to understand the function of art in a greater way, you're really looking at the art of living at, at that point. Sure. And and I if mean, you I can create yeah. that sense of art of living, whether that's in your coffee shop or with an artist or with a neighbor that's just moved in, you know that that's something that's very novel and, and very important in building community. Well, the, the thing about art in that, you know, we have to look at the, what are the functions of art. Uh-huh. And I, I have a hard time imagining living in a space with just completely bare walls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really appreciate the, the, the comments made earlier about, you know, acquiring a piece of art. And, you know, good art never wears out. No. It just becomes an old friend. Yes. And often, yes. oftentimes it reveals it itself to you in new ways it does it changes it. and yeah it's it, so it's it's um you know living with art we've done it all of it, all through the human experience um you know a great deal of what we know about ourselves as as uh as humans living in community is is learned through the art that remains and, and marco and then, Marco, I wish I had a whole hour that I could share and talk about. <laughs> I'm coming down to my last minute. So I want to make sure that Barb can share about, uh, you know, where how people can learn more and a, a quick recap of it. But Marco, thank you. Thank you for your support of the work that's being done with the artist palette and the art that you're doing and, and the conversations that you're having that help build that sense of connection and and really digging deep into what does it mean to have art and function that functionality in your life that that, that sure. creates more meaning. So, Barb, tell me more. We're 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 wrapping well, it up. I, yeah, <laughs> I love I love hearing what Marco had to say. Yes. And he's also a musician who is going to appear at the August eighth pop up event. So, um, multi talented member of ACW. So you can join us by uh, going to arttochangetheworld.org. And we've been uh, yucking up our, you know, our lobster chowder. Uh, but you can join Art to Change the World for $50. And um, we have 400 members. Only 200 of them are artists. So scientists, educators, if you just, if you think art can change the world, uh, then join us. And, and, I, can- and I have joined and I love Art to Change the World and I hope you will too. Thanks for joining us today here on Connections Radio Show on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota.